0: said in Matthew 28, verse 19, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Welcome to Go Teach All Nations, bringing you Christ's teachings through Australian and international speakers. And here is today's presenter, Pastor Danny Malenkoff.
1: Well, how will God bring about the final division of the world into two camps, the unjust and the just? the righteous and the unrighteous, the filthy versus the holy. How will that happen? Let's go back to Revelation 14. Back to Revelation 14. Revelation 14, and now we're going to go to the imagery that John gives us concerning the second coming. Revelation 14 and verse 14. John writes, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown." and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Verse 16, So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So we've got grain, the saved, represented by the grain that is reaped at the end of time. Verse 17, Then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven. He also had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. This is the final harvest. We have grain representing the saved and we have the grapes representing the lost. Two groups at the end of time. Now, where did John get this imagery from? Where did he get this imagery of grain and grapes for the final harvest? And what on earth does that have to do with our subject of the second coming of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's go to the book of Joel. Go to the book of Joel with me. Um, it's in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and then Joel. I've given you the page number there, page 1319. Page 1319. Page 1319. Joel chapter 3 and verse 13. Joel chapter 3 and verse 13. Notice where John borrows this language concerning the second coming from. Joel chapter 3 verse 13. Put in the sickle for the harvest is what? Ripe. Come, go down, for the wine press is full, the, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. So here we have the, the harvest, the grain harvest, and here we have the harvest of the wine. Grain and grapes. Now, how do we know? How do we know that Joel here is speaking of the final harvest? that John the Revelator is speaking of. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 14. Verse 14 makes it clear that Joel here is speaking not of agriculture. He's not talking about farming. He's talking about something far more significant. He's talking about the end of time. Verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of what? Decision. So this is decision day. This is D-Day that Joel's speaking of. For the day of the Lord, and that is code language for the second coming of Jesus. Throughout the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, that's code language for the second coming of Jesus. For the day of the Lord is what? Near in the valley of decision. In the valley of decision. So Joel here is speaking of the day of the Lord. He's speaking of that final moment when God will utter those words. Let him who has been just remain just, and so on and so forth. But how will the harvest be ripened, according to Joel? How will it all take place? Go back a chapter. Go to chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 23. Chapter 2 and verse 23. He writes, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the what? The former rain faithfully and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vase shall overflow with new wine and new oil. So how will the harvest be ripened? According to God's word here through Joel, it is through the former rain and the latter rain. The former rain and the latter rain. This is how the harvest. This is how all will come to the point of decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. This is how all will come to that point where they're going to make their choice with who they will spend eternity. Whether it will be with Christ or without Christ. In a Christless grave as someone once put it. Now as far as Joel is concerned, as far as The Bible is concerned there is no plan B the harvest comes to to full ripe ripeness through the falling of the former and the latter rain now these are interesting terms rain early rain latter rain these are borrowed from what took place there in Palestine You see in Palestine, there are are two seasons. Two seasons generally, the wet and the dry. The wet and the dry, just like I guess like in the Pacific and northern Australia. And the wet part of the year is a bit cooler, a lot cooler in in some parts. And um, the dry part of the year, well, it's a lot hotter, depending on where you are there in Palestine. Now, there are two major periods of rain during the rainy season. The first rains... And that's in the Northern Hemisphere, comes in the orden of the Northern Hemisphere around September, October. It's that early rain that that softens the soil, that enables the, the farmer to put in the seed. And then it rains and rains and rains and rains for a number of months until the farmer hopes and prays that the latter rains or the final rains will fall. In the springtime, about March or April... And this latter rain, this final rain, brings the, the grain to full maturity and it's ready, to be, it's ready to be harvested once that latter rain falls. Now, when it comes to this early rain and latter rain, we discover that Joel here is definitely not speaking of agriculture. He's not talking about farming. He has something else in mind. Go over with me to verse 28, Joel 2 and verse 28, Joel 2 and verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my water, my spirit on all flesh. So this rain, this early and latter rain has got nothing to do with grain and grapes, literal grain and grapes, but it has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Everything to do with the Holy Spirit. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Wow. This is God's promise that he will pour out the Holy Spirit in a way that has not been witnessed up until that point. The early rain to begin the work, and the latter rain to close the work, and the Holy Spirit working in a mighty way in between the early and the latter rain. Now, did this actually take place? Is this what Joel is talking about here? Let's go to the book of Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, and let's discover what Peter understood by Joel's prophecy. Acts, chapter 2, I've given you the page number there, page 1562. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the what? "...with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." And so here they are, Peter and the other apostles, all those who were gathered in the upper room, those 120 believers, and now they are speaking. And you can go ahead and read. Uh, They're sharing in the language of the people who had gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost from all over the then known world. People had gathered from many nations." And everyone is hearing the good news of the gospel. It says here, the wonderful works of God in verse 11. They are hearing it in their own language, in fact, in their own dialect, most probably. And they are amazed. They are amazed. This has never happened before in human history. And and some of the religious leaders come to the conclusion that Peter and the and the disciples and the believers that they're drunk that they've had too much to drink I don't know how they came to that conclusion how can someone be speaking and making sense in your language when that's not what they speak and you think they're drunk I've got no idea how they came to that conclusion but they did and notice what Peter says have a look at verse 15 verse 15 of chapter 2 for these are not drunk says Peter as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, in other words, 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Notice what Peter, who Peter is quoting, and it shall come to pass in the what? In the last day, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall what? prophesy peter is all excited he's saying what god said five six hundred years ago through his servant joel is actually taking place before your very eyes this is the former rain the holy spirit is being poured out and what happened three thousand people were baptized in one single day three thousand people gave their hearts to jesus in one single day That's what happens when the Holy Spirit falls. And the Holy Spirit fell in incredible power there on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. And great and awesome was the result. And you can read the book of Acts. It's not the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Powerful stuff. And Peter's saying, you are witnessing prophecy fulfilled before your very eyes you are hearing prophecy fulfilled before your very eyes now if you would have noticed joel spoke of the holy spirit being poured out afterward he uses the word afterward peter doesn't use that word afterward notice the words peter chooses to use verse 17 and it shall come to pass in the what in the last days Last days is not afterward. Why does he use the words last days? I looked up that term last days in the New Testament and I discovered that the last days, the last days is a reference to the coming of Jesus to our planet 2,000 years ago that ushered in the time of the last days really well let me give you the evidence for that i think i've got a scripture up here hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 3 1 to 3 notice these words the the author of hebrews we believe i certainly believe many believe that it was the apostle paul wrote these words god who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets speaking of the old testament has in these what last days spoken to us by who his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high the last days were ushered in when god spoke through his own son so we are now living in the time of the last days and you can read about that in revelation 12 verse 12 Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you who dwell on the earth, because the devil has come down to you with great wrath, because he only has what? A short time. Why? Because his fate has been sealed. When Jesus died on the cross and he cried out, What? It is finished. It was all over for Satan and sin and sorrow and suffering. It was all over. He won the victory and we are now living in the last days the last days the Holy Spirit was poured out at the beginning of the last days and it has continued in the last days for the last 2,000 years but the Bible says there's a former rain if there's a former rain what must there be also? a latter rain a latter rain a latter rain and how powerful Will the latter rain be? Back to Revelation 18. Revelation 18. Revelation 18 verse 1. This will become, I guess, our theme text. So you'll probably memorize it. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Wow. Wow. In the days of the apostles, it was the then known world that was turned upside down through the coming of the Holy Spirit the first time, at the beginning of this period of the last days. At the end of time, it's not just the then known world. At the end of time, the Bible says the whole world will be illuminated with the glory of God under the power of The latter rain, the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in a way that you and I cannot even begin to comprehend. Notice these words. I was reading them yesterday, last night. The Great Controversy, a book well worth reading. The Great Controversy, written more than a century ago. As the former rain was given in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the opening of the gospel to cause the upspringing of the precious seed. So the latter rain will be given at its close for the ripening of the harvest. The great work of the gospel is not to close with less manifestation of the power of God than marked its opening. Servants of God with their faces lighted up and shining with holy consecration will hasten from place to place to proclaim the message from heaven by thousands of voices all over the earth. That's what we are reading in Revelation 18.1. The whole world was illuminated with His glory, with the character of God. Godly, Christ-like individuals going everywhere sharing the good news of the gospel. The warning will be given. Miracles will be wrought. The sick will be healed. And signs and wonders will follow the believers. Thus, the, of the earth will be brought to take their stand. The message will be carried not so much by argument as by the deep conviction of the Spirit of God. Wow, what a picture of how God will bring about an end to sin, suffering, and sorrow. So what must we do? What must we do? How do we get on board? Great question, the all-important question. Thanks for asking. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, what must we do? That's what they cried out on the day of Pentecost, you remember? They cried out, what must we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be forgiven and all those who believe. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. What must we do? What must we do? Luke chapter 11, Jesus' words Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 9. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being what? Evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the what? The Holy Spirit to those who do what? Those who ask. Of all our needs that we have, according to Jesus, our greatest need is to ask for the Holy Spirit. That's it. If you receive the Holy Spirit, guess what? You receive everything. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who represents Jesus Christ on earth. You receive Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is living in you, the third person of the Godhead, it's Jesus Christ who is living in you and through you. It's the glory of God, the character of God that is shining through you. So in the things that you're saying, in the things that you're doing, you are representing Jesus, people are not looking at you, but they're looking at Jesus, just like the story I heard. And I'm pretty sure it's a true story of an individual who didn't know anything about Jesus, never heard the name of Jesus. And someone somebody was sharing with this person all about Jesus, all about this person who was so loving, so kind, so compassionate, And he said, this person lived 2,000 years ago. And he said, no, 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 no. The person who was hearing the story said, no, no, no. He didn't live 2,000 years ago. That person is alive. I know that person. He lives in my village. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. This Jesus Christ lived 2,000 years ago. He said, no, no, no. This person is alive today. Let me take you and show you. And the person did. The person took his took this person that was telling him about Jesus, said, I want to introduce you to Jesus. He lives in my village. And that's exactly what he, he introduced him to Jesus. He saw Jesus in how he lived. That's what we all need. We all need that. And that is what God is waiting for. That is what God is waiting for. So what do we need to do? We need to ask, 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 ask. That three-letter word, ask. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, we sang that song, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. There is one verse that we didn't sing, because it's not in the hymnal. But the author of the song, he wrote them. And I came across them last night. Notice those words, and I've got them up there on the screen for you. There shall be showers of blessing. This is verse 5. It's not in your hymnal. If we but trust and obey, there shall be seasons refreshing if we let God have His way. Wow. If we only let God have His way in our lives, if I only allow God to have His way in my life, there will be showers of blessing showers of blessing. Wow, I love the words of I love the words of the whole song. I won't sing it because I'll wreck it. Verse 3, there shall be showers of blessing, send them upon us, O Lord, grant to us now a refreshing come, and now honor thy word, honor thy word you promised. If we ask, we will receive. Oh Share that next time. Notice these words from Zechariah 10.1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain. Wow. And then these, these sober words from James 4 verse 2. You have not because you are, You ask not. You have not because you ask not. Ask, 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 ask. I don't know how much more clear I can be, my friends. There is no plan B. No plan B. Before those words were written on the Eiffel Tower, God placed them in his word in the book of Revelation. In the whole Bible. The Holy Spirit is our greatest need. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the character of Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. Go home and read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruits of the Spirit. What are they? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are they the fruits of Jesus? Yes. Are they the fruits in his life? Absolutely. You receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the character of Jesus in order to be used by him one final time at the end of verse history to lighten the world for his glory the holy spirit must fall that latter rain must fall and it will but only if we receive the former rain only if we receive that daily infilling of the holy spirit and i'll deal with that the next time we're together only as we receive that daily infilling of the holy spirit will we be ready to receive the latter rain the final outpouring the farmer knows full well There is no point in him receiving the latter rain in the springtime if he has not received the early rain in the autumn. No point for that latter rain. The early rain must come first. We need that fresh anointing day by day. Is that possible? What does God do when we ask? What does God do when we pray? Let me share with you in closing. In closing. What took place at Big Camp? A number of you have asked me, what happened at Big Camp? We've heard some stories. Pastor David Elaine were there. I'm not sure if anybody was there. Jade and and Sam came for a day. Big Camp, I've been to many Big Camps. I haven't been around forever, so I can't compare it to the last 60 Big Camps that I've been to. This is the most powerful, spiritual time that I've had at a Big Camp in my life why well a number of incredible things happened that could only be put down to the work of the holy spirit what happened how did it all begin before i get into sharing with you what happened let me share with you what one of my pastor friends decided to do simple simple little thing my pastor friend there at the walls End church ben ray who's a a a deep prayer warrior a deep prayer warrior he said Could we have prayer in the big tent for everyone and anyone who ever wants to come a half an hour before our morning worship, which is at 7 a.m.? Could we have prayer for just half an hour from 6.30 to 7? What are we going to do? We're just simply going to come and ask and pray for God to pour out His Holy Spirit upon us, for God to pour His Holy Spirit upon this camp meeting, for the various needs that we have at camp and other needs. We're going to pray and plead with God every morning from 6.30 to 7.00. There was no bells and whistles, no razzmatazz, no fanfare, just simply getting together and praying in small groups. Well, we did that beginning with the first morning, which was Saturday morning of camp. We did that all week. There were two offerings that were to be collected. One offering on the first Sabbath was to go to the the Cyclone Winston um, appeal, that horrible, destructive Cyclone that hit Fiji a few months ago. The second offering on the second Sabbath and, and on a Wednesday before it was to go to Bible workers as well as new church plants, just as what we're involved in. So the work of God on the front lines. Before I tell you what happened with those two offerings, I need to share with you that the average offering at big camp, okay, there's about three, four thousand people gathered there. Probably about 3000 I guess, somewhere there on the Sabbath. Um, the average offering is about ten dollars to $12,000. About ten dollars to $12,000. Um, the largest offering they've had at big camp has been $70,000. And that was for a plane, one of those planes that went to Fiji. Oh, but PNG, was it? PNG, yes. a Yes, so it was a plane about $70,000. The first offering to go to Cyclone Winston raised more than a hundred thousand dollars more than a hundred thousand dollars and so the treasurer was beside himself I mean he almost cried and treasurers don't cry usually those around them cry but not treasurers. the treasurer of the conference he was just how how and while he's trying to get over it the second offering appealed and we're praying we're praying we're praying god open up our hearts open up our wallets because you see when god opens up the heart he opens up the wallet as well when god has your heart he has everything he has your wallet he has everything people were encouraged to ask and pray to sacrifice not five bucks ten bucks who cares about five bucks ten bucks for most people okay for some five bucks and ten bucks is a big deal i know that but for most of us five dollars is not the end of the world so giving five bucks is not an offering it's nothing really not for me anyway. Give something that may hurt you a little bit. The second offering on the Wednesday and on the Saturday, they took two offerings for Bible workers and for church plants starting new churches. Raised more than two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. $360,000 raised during one week of camp. That has never happened before in the history of camp meetings in North New South Wales. And I'm talking to the treasurer, Russell Haddle today, and he's just, he just doesn't understand it. He's like, we did everything the same. We promoted it the same. We gave out the little slips and the cards. We did everything the same. What happened? It went off the scale. The only thing he could put it down to was praying for the Holy Spirit. every single morning there were conversions that took place powerful conversions people gave their hearts to the lord the speakers in the various tents i mean i'm not here to judge god alone be the judge but from my own humble faulty perspective a lot of the stuff well not sometimes i hear stuff from those tents which is just waffle and needs to be a bit more serious what I heard, and I went around to all all the tents, I went to all the tents, I heard the word of God preached with serious power. In all the tents, from the juniors to the teens to the 18 plus to the connections to the big tent, it was preached with power. And God worked miraculously. Miraculously. I want to finish off with this story from camp these are my friends and my friends now this is um Rhoda her husband John and their little baby Eleora and that's yeah you know who that is <laughs> you wrecked the picture last year at big camp Rhoda and John met with me and there was another pastor we don't know who it was in the morning when we had our time of prayer and she prayed well i asked her what would you like to pray for her and her husband came to pray and said we've been we've been praying to god for four years for a baby and we don't have a baby we'd love to have a baby if god could bless us with a baby and so i said well let's pray let's pray let's do what hannah did and let's pray that this time next year you will bring a little baby to camp and we prayed and we prayed When I arrived, I'd forgotten all about her. I'd forgotten all about the prayer. She came with a big smile on her face. And she says, Pastor Danny, guess what? I'm like, I remember you from somewhere. She goes, yeah, I'm Rhoda. We prayed last year that God would give me and my husband a baby if it was his will. And yes, and here here is this little baby, Eleora. And she was just so thrilled, so thrilled that God blessed them with this precious little girl on Australia Day on australia day ella do you know what her name means ella means god is my life god is my life as i thought about those words i thought surely surely for those who are seeking for the outpouring of the latter rain that needs to be their motto that needs to be their mantra god is my life is my all I want to live my life for His honour and glory.
2: Because you saw the need Because you gave so free
1: Seekers of your heart, we want to know you. Seekers of your heart, if that's your desire and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, renew us from within. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. May we give you first place, first place. If that's your desire, why don't you stand with me as we close in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we come humbly before your throne of grace. We recognize that we are living in solemn times. We are living at a time in earth's history when we sense you are about to pour out that latter rain, Holy Spirit power that you have promised long ago. that power that will ripen this world for the final harvest and to prepare for the coming of jesus oh lord we want to be seekers of your heart oh lord may we seek to live our lives solely for your honor and glory oh lord use us use us to light up this world with your glory, with the glory of Jesus Christ, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, may the fruit of the Holy Spirit be present in us, that others may be drawn to Jesus. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for focusing on many other things, but not focusing enough On this all-important matter of receiving the Holy Spirit. Fill us day by day and prepare us for that final outpouring for your honour and glory is our prayer in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen. to Go Teach All Nations here on 3ABN Australia Radio.
3: to healthy living around the world. I'm on site at a youth conference in Porto in Portugal and my guest today is Hannah de Held. Welcome Hannah to the program. Hi, thank you. Now Hannah, tell me a little bit about where you are from. So yeah, my name is
0: Hannah and I grew up in Belgium, Hmm? a very little country somewhere in Europe and I decided to go to a mission school Okay. So that's why this past nine months, it will be nine, ten months now, mm-hmm. I have been living in Austria, very close to the border of Slovenia, and
3: I have been spending the time there in a mission school called TGM. So this mission school, can you explain a little bit about what you have learned at this place and what this place is like?
0: So it's, um, it's a mission school and we are with students, we are 10 students, and we have a program That is very structured. It Mm -hmm. gives you a structure in your life. And we start in the morning with a morning devotion. So in this, we open the Bible and we study God's Word together. Someone is preparing that. And then we go over to our daily schedule. And where in the morning, we will have all sorts of classes. Mm -hmm. So the school is based on three pillars. One of them will be the Bible. Mm -hmm. One of them is health-related. And one of them is agriculture. So in the morning we have classes and it will be all about the Bible and we have then studies like Daniel or Revelation about sanctuary, about daily living, how mm-hmm. do you apply Christian living in a daily life that it's real to you? But we also have health topics. So okay. such as how to give a massage to someone, mm. how can you apply hydrotherapy? What was God's plan attended in Eden? These are some of the topics that we are discussing. And yeah, we also have always working time. Um, it's also about four, four hours, where you practically learn a lot of things. You need to work in the kitchen, or you work in the garden, or you work with laundry. There's a lot of different areas where they also need help. And then we are working. And that has proved a big blessing, because most of us don't like it in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> We're not used to working. Yes. But you learn to love it. You'll learn to appreciate this time that you
3: have to contemplate about everything that you have learned in the classes. Okay. So you're getting a blend of theory and then practical in the one training experience. Yes. So what else happens at the centre? You're explaining how you're you're helping with cooking and, and other aspects of this place, this school. Is there any other part? of the work at this place? Yes, because we are not
0: only a mission school, we are also connected to a health center. And by this, this means that eight times a year, we have a program and we call it a new start program, which is based on eight um, health principles. And by this, we have guests that come to our place and our whole schedule is completely turned around. Okay. (laughs) Everyone gets gets an individual schedule. Uh, Wherein some of us will be in kitchen preparing healthy food for our guests that are really matched to what they are needing. Mm. Sometimes they, they have spe- special requests, things that the doctor prescribes them that they need to eat. So And then we decorate the plate really nicely. We try to put a lot of love also in the plate and decorations yes. for them. And I was surprised also how much the guests really appreciate that. While others of us are working in the garden, Mm because it's also needed, Mm -hmm. and others are counselors. When the guests come, we are their counselor, we do the treatment with them, like the hydrotherapies, like the massage, things
3: like that. Oh, so you actually get to work with these guests, getting treatments and interacting. We get to work personally with them, which is a huge Mm -hmm. blessing. That would be a very good experience. It is, for sure. Wow, you've had such a wealth of different opportunities over the last few months. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. In the Mm -hmm. first three, four months of Mm -hmm. the course,
0: the course is a little bit more focused on the health part Mm -hmm. so that you get used to giving these treatments, Mm -hmm. while then the second part after, we also have a mission trip in Mm -hmm. January. We go for a month to another country. And when we come back, we are the ones, we as students, they look at what are your weaknesses, what are your strengths, Right as you are divided in what area you will grow more in, we get the chance to be counsellors as well. That's, that's really excellent that you have
3: all those opportunities. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a blessing that I hadn't expected. Wow, okay. <laughs> so, share with me how you have come to appreciate a healthy lifestyle.
0: Um, it
3: started, I think,
0: in 2015. I was 15 and my aunt and uncle, um, my aunt is a doctor. She wanted to go to this big um, yeah, health congress in Geneva. And she invited me to come along so she could attend the congress and I could go and keep my uncle company. Okay. <laughs> but one day it was raining. I decided then why not go to one of these lectures also one day. And I went and there was a doctor and his name is Neil Nedley. He is actually he's a, he's a mental health doctor. He talks a lot about our brain. But at this specific, yeah, lecture that I was, he was talking also about how food and then in specific how animal products um, also, yeah, they influence our behavior and our thinking. And for me, this was, I had heard before somehow that it's good to be a vegan or to eat as a vegetarian, but I never really knew why. After this, uh, for me, this was just... I decided to become a vegetarian after that. I didn't want to eat meat anymore. And mm. I was very grateful because God also very quickly took that desire away. Just mm. from one day to the next. that he just took the desire away. It's like, you don't want to eat meat? I will help you in this, strengthen you. And I haven't uh, eaten meat ever since. That's a blessing. Um, I, for me, it was a little bit more difficult with vegan. Because okay. mm-hmm. I just didn't... I didn't know much about it. But about a year, a year and a half ago, so about six months before I went to the mission school, I just got this strong, I don't know, the strong sense that I should become a vegan. And I didn't know why. And I just decided, okay, God, I'm just going to follow you and start eating vegan. It was a struggle because I had no clue what to eat, how to cook. It's a totally different cuisine. Mm. And I didn't know much about it. And... I decided to do it anyway and I was still looking forward to going also to the school because I knew it was going to be vegan and I would learn how to cook it so when I was there I also got the knowledge why and why it's not so good and how it's not only meat but also how milk or dairy products or more also has what effects and what it leads and this time I I got the knowledge and I was very grateful for that. that I don't only, only have the conviction that it's good and I shouldn't do it, but now I
3: also got the knowledge of why it's not good for my yeah, body. That's, that's very important. I like how that you shared that it's been a journey for you, you know, it has first there's process. one step with your, your giving the meat up and then you've moved a little bit further, gotten used to that, and now you've, you've decided, oh, I need to go all totally plant-based i a surey for sure. Mm. It's not easy because I'm I was for 5 years the
0: only one in my close family. Right. My mom and dad, brother and sister, they kept on eating meat. Not a lot, but at maybe once a week or something. Mm. And my mom, she had to work. Mm. So it was sometimes me that was preparing the food and then I was making it for them. And I think this is why I'm so grateful for God that I had no desire at all to eat it. So it has been a journey, but God has really given me strength for
3: it. I can just be grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's that's very encouraging that God has just guided you and strengthened you through all of that transition yes. of change yeah. in your life. So have you felt benefits from going this direction? Um, actually, I I did. I used to have some female
0: related problems and i did not notice actually a lot when i stopped eating then it was mainly dietary products uh-huh. when i switched to no milk anymore no cheese or yes. no eggs then i i did not have so much problems anymore it was only until i gave up chocolate okay. that i kind of finally got released of all my problems for me i can see that this is one of the things that always come directly to my mind because it made for me such a big change. Once I I had to throw up or I couldn't one time I could make my exams because of it. It did influence my life quite somehow.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, this is this is a big issue for many people. Yeah, who struggle with this. So the fact that you found relief just from changing your diet. Yeah, it's it was, quite powerful. It is. That's that's really good. So what would you say is your your favorite lifestyle, healthy lifestyle practice that you have applied in your life? Oh, my favorite I think I
0: should say that for me, it has been actually the sleep pattern that okay. I changed. Mm-hmm. I, when I was young, I liked to stand up very early. I was an early bird and I would go down and try to be quiet, not to wake up my parents. And in the evening when I was tired, I I didn't matter that there were still people around. I was tired, so I was going to go to bed and sleep. Over the years, that changed. I like to be around people and to talk. and. I And that my whole rhythm somehow changed. And I went later to bed and I stood also up later, but this influenced me a lot. And over the years I have had this feeling of of a continual tiredness that that doesn't go away. And by just changing my my schedule and by taking also vitamin D, Mm -hmm. which I had a great deficiency of, um, this completely changed uh, actually my life. I have a lot more energy during the day. I'm a lot more happier and I actually am awake and I enjoy, it's somehow I enjoy sleeping a lot. So sometimes it's still a struggle waking up in the morning, but God has been blessing me a lot that I see when I go, uh, when I'm faithful and go on time to bed in the evening, He's faithful to wake me up in the morning and Ah. give me the energy for today. And I think this is for me, it's not maybe not related to, to food, but for me this has been a very, it's a very important thing that we have energy for during the day and Mm. just this cheerfulness and this happiness that Mm. i can feel just by having energy it's a thing that for me that has been the greatest blessing of changing that in my life
3: yes as you've been able to experience a a, a whole day where you have good energy you know that that does so much to lift the spirit so that is yeah for sure it's just i
0: i don't you're not tired and Mm. when you're tired i also see that i'm just not so nice and i cannot be as well a testimony for god as i want to be because i'm just too tired for it well now i can and uh, that makes me just happy that i can also shine
3: forth his his light yeah so how have you found well you've sort of touched on it there how have you found that making these changes has impact you spiritually and your connection with god i have for a long time i had struggled a lot with um
0: media really television um Yeah, that was mainly a big area of my life where I was a lot struggling with. And it it was also something that I wasn't willing to give up Mm. because I loved it too much. And I wasn't happy with it. I wanted to love God more and I wanted to just give it up. And I can also see that how God trained my will by this, by saying no to to things that I didn't want to eat, by saying, no, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. No, I'm not going to eat um, eat certain types of ice cream anymore. I'm not going to eat chocolate anymore. Mm-hmm. This really trains my will. I'm going to be temperate in what I'm eating, which sometimes it's, it, it's a real struggle. And I think not only me, but if I look at my classmates, most of us have a can have a struggle with mm. this. And or no, I'm going to go early to bed. I'm mm. going to stand up. It's just these these little decisions that you make daily that are really training your your willpower. And I. I'm very grateful that I can see that television and, and media in general, it's still not something that's very easy for me, but I can see that it has become easier. I am more also aware of what I am doing, and I'm not so caught up in it anymore. And I'm much stronger to say, no, I just, I don't want it. By this, I can see that by making changes in my lifestyle, by going a certain direction, that... God has given me victories also over other areas in my life that I can see that I needed to overcome and needed to put in his hands. So, by just little changes, little decisions in my lifestyle has actually gained me or is giving me victory over a very big
3: thing that I'm struggling with very hard. So that's very powerful what you've shared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that connection I hadn't, yeah, seen it that way that... Like You wouldn't necessarily think that by having more self-control in your day-to-day activities, what you eat, when, when you go to bed, that that was going to help you with major I had spiritual no... challenge areas. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it, it is because
0: I have been aware of this for some years. Mm. And I've tried to give it up, but I couldn't. And it's only ever since this year that I'm starting so many... This year has been a completely change of how I used to live and by decisions that I made that i can see that this is also the first time that i feel like i'm gaining victory also in this area Mm. before i couldn't i had never realized it and i had never seen it
3: um or realized that this would actually be the key to how i could overcome this wow thank you so much for sharing that because i think other people may be able to benefit from that perspective if they're also struggling in similar areas they may not have thought of you know maybe i can look at another aspect and this might help me overcome this bigger challenge so that's pretty powerful what would you say to someone who is thinking about maybe making a, a change in their life starting to adopt a healthy lifestyle um, a bit more mm-hmm. what what I don't know principles or approaches would you recommend from your experience that are helpful in terms of making changes um i think well for sure
0: one would be um prayer Mm -hmm. i would suggest that you pray a lot about it um and ask also for that you give that he gives you strength because it's not easy secondly i would also say just avoid things don't make it harder for yourself than it already is if you need to go grocery shopping and there's certain types of food that is difficult for you, just skip that area. Just don't, okay. don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> don't even try. You will fail. Um, yes. Just little little things like that. Don't just don't try to make it harder than it is. I think most importantly for me, it's don't give up. Mm-hmm. You will most definitely in the beginning you will fall. Mm. I knew that was with me that I that I fell, and, and then. I think that in the Bible, it's really nicely written that it says that, um, I don't know exactly, I know the Bible is in my language, but not in English. Okay. Yes. But it says that um, when a, right, a righteous man will fall seven times, but he will stand up again. Mm. And I think for me, this is the biggest thing. When you fall, just stand up, go to God, ask for forgiveness, and yes. he will give you that. And I think that's one of the the things that you also do it for him not for for others sometimes we make decisions to please others and you will not it won't, it won't last if you do it for for God mm. and for his glory then if you have the right motives then you can endure. yeah do it for the right motives not mm. maybe because you want to get i don't know lose weight or things like that because then very often it's, it's won't it won't last and Mm -hmm. then it will go up and down so that's that's just from what I've learned from what helped me I think every person is different and every person somehow has a different approach things that will help for him better
3: or for her better but this is what for me helped me a lot very good thank you so much for sharing your experience with me today it has been a blessing to hear (laughs) all (laughs) the different things that have happened in your journey especially connection with health and your studies your learning as well um i'm sure those who are listening to this program will also um, receive a real blessing from hearing your experience so thank you so much for sharing on the program today hannah oh you're welcome hi I'm very grateful that you asked me. (laughs) Okay. Um, We have been recording on site, um, on location in Porto at a youth conference. We've been listening to Hannah Helt's story um, of her experience with healthy living. Thank you for tuning into the program. You've been listening to Healthy Living Around the World. I am your host, Casey Butler, and until next time, may God richly bless you. Bye for now.
1: It's been our pleasure bringing you this program today here on 3ABN Australia Radio.